It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is a former collegiate athlete at the University of Alabama. He swam for the Crimson Tide. Lucas Kalazak uh, was quite an athlete at Alabama. He was an SEC male swimming and diving scholar athlete. In fact, he was a first-team All-American in the 100 backstroke, clocked a career best in the 100 backstroke at the NC2A 2017 Championships, becoming the second tied swimmer to go under those 45 seconds in school history. He's also an NC2A champion as part of the Crimson Tide 200 medley relay. I could go on and on. There's a lot of accolades in uh, Lucas's career, but we need time to speak to our guest, Lucas Kalazak. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Mr. Ron. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, listen, you're Alabama born and bred. You went to Baylor High School, and uh, I just want to know where this uh, love for swimming came to fruition and how you gravitated to the sport. Absolutely. It was um, something that my dad did. Um, when he was in college, my my dad got involved in swimming, you know, I'm not really sure when. Uh, and so growing up, my parents do what most parents do. You know, you try to see if your kid has any athletic ability. And so I think the first thing that everybody gets tested with is soccer. And, you know, I have two older brothers. And so all three of us were playing soccer games. And we must have had a really abysmal showing. My parents gave up all hope of an athletic endeavor when they put you in karate. <laughs> like when they don't know what to do with you, you end up going to karate. Um, did karate for a little bit, hated it. And so the default, it's like, well, we don't know what else. Let's go to swimming. and. It wasn't actually anything that I was too interested in. My brothers were much better swimmers than me growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a little bit of a longer story how I ended up at Baylor High School up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I, I got the opportunity to go to boarding school there. Mm -hmm. And it was in high school that my love of swimming really grew and take shape. And my career changed under the great guidance uh, of a coach up there called Dan Flack, who is nationally and internationally renowned. And for me, a great love of the sport came from not just my coach and the fact that things were going well, but I love the, the friendships that I had. I love the, the being on a team, um, striving after something together, uh, the camaraderie, being a part of, of what felt like a family. And it, it just kind of stayed ever since. So swimming is a team sport, but it's made up obviously over individual results. And while you swam at Baylor under this great coach that you mentioned, Dan Flack, uh, you had some great results in the NCSA Junior Nationals. Was this when you thought about, you know, I want to perhaps do this at the next level, uh, that being in college? Yeah, absolutely. It was something that that program that Dan had led um, had a history of, a history of producing um, collegiate swimmers at the highest level. And it, I never really thought about it until I was in high school where that started to take shape and become a reality for me, a possibility that I could keep swimming and um yeah, God was so good and, and opened up doors. So very, very grateful. Okay, so you made a pit stop in Tennessee, but you're from Alabama and you had a, a chance now to go back to Alabama and swim for the Crimson Tide. Tell us about that decision-making process, how you wound up in Tuscaloosa. Um, thankfully, uh, with, with everything that happened in high school, um, what happens with swimming is you start going on. And I went on some tours with my mom, uh, 
looking at different schools in the Southeast, I, like I said, I, I love the South. I'm so grateful to be here. I love the culture. I love the food. I love the feel of the place. And I was looking at colleges to swim around here. And uh, funny enough, I actually, at the time, I thought that I wanted to go to Georgia first. I actually love Georgia. One of my great, um, a father figure in my life and a great mentor in high school, uh, Mr. Murdoch. He's a great man. And he went to Georgia. And so I really wanted to follow in his footsteps and go there. But God opened up these doors at Alabama. And it's one of those things in life where his providence kind of guides you and you don't really see it until retrospect, all those little things that happen, little conversations, little nudgings. And I was blessed beyond measure to, um, yeah, get some academic scholarship that really helped pay for, for school at Alabama. And that's why I ended up going there. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Lucas Kalisak. He was a swimmer for the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide in the SEC. Well, let's talk about this career at, at Alabama. And like I mentioned, you you did quite well and uh, garnered a lot of accolades during your time there. Um, talk about some of the highlights of just swimming for the Crimson Tide. And I, I know you put in a lot of hard work to get these results, but uh, what are some of those moments or highlights of your career while swimming at Alabama? Uh, highlights would definitely be, uh, oh gosh, you know, when I look back, I, I don't know if other athletes feel this way, but the things that, that I, I really cherished the most were the relationships I made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, friendships and times spent training usually more than some of the big payoffs or big meets, which were a ton of fun, but, um, I would say I loved, uh, what, 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 what really meant so much to me was representing my home state and the premier school of my home state, of course. And I remember the experience of like just going through the airport, we would have to travel. And sometimes I'd be like out in California and be wearing the Alabama, uh, Alabama uniform, Alabama A on my chest. And it was one of the coolest experiences ever having people come up to me at the airport and saying like roll tide or the support we would get being around my hometown or, um, the pride that I had from representing my home state and having so many people in the community come out to support, uh, really cherish that. And of course, being able to do this whole experience with my parents, some of my favorite memories were when we got to celebrate together after a win or after a swim or, or just spend time together at these events. So yeah, the hometown aspect and the relationships were, were my favorite part, honestly. Yeah, but more detail now. You swam in the USA National Championships. You're in the NCAA Championships. And you had some great results here. And and I, was there something special uh, in any of those championships that stood out for you as something, a goal or something that you achieved that you said, you know, that, that brought fulfillment to your swimming career? Um, you know, two of the ones that, that, I, that do still give me some pleasure to look back on was when we were here, I think it was my freshman year um at auburn for the sec championship and uh of course as you know there, there's quite a rivalry between us and alabama or alabama and auburn and when we, there was a lot of trash talk going on between the men's teams and and being on their home turf and all the crowd was against us and all this stuff um and i was blessed beyond measure to be on one of the the relays that won that was the 200 freestyle relay with uh guys who were seniors on the team and everything and 
again, the reason like why that memory is so sweet is not just like beating your rival on their home turf with all their fans, which is incredible in of itself. But uh, it was because I did it with my friends and my mom was able to be there and celebrating with her afterward was just one of the best feelings. <laughs> and bring a smile to my face, just like remembering like her joy and, and all the payoff for those, those years of training and years of sacrifice. So that one, I'll, I'll say that one was one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. So what was more of a motivation for you? Obviously, you're competing against other SEC schools, including you mentioned uh, Auburn, Georgia, Georgia Tech, so on and so forth. Was it the PR? Was it getting that, you know, uh, was that the motivation for you or actually beating the team in front of you? Hmm, that's a great question. I, I would say for me, I usually operate in on the realms of like, I just want to win this. You know, whatever it's going to take to win this, because you win this, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, you always want to go for the PR and you always do want to beat yourself. Uh, and and while that's helpful, and I know a lot of athletes talk about that, for, for me, it's like I'm just trying to win. <laughs> I'm trying to win right now. And, and my PR, um, yeah, isn't it nearly as tangible as the guy that I can see right beside me? Plus to play Ron Meyer chatting with Lucas Kalizak. He was a swimmer for the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide. And I want people to know all the hard work you put in. I've interviewed a number of swimmers, and they have all this in common when it comes to practice. Early morning jumps into the pool. I mean, really early. And uh, this goes on throughout the whole year, basically. But talk about the dedication, because I know when you're in college, uh, I don't know, I, I would like to sleep in once in a while, but you really don't have the luxury of being a normal college student. Yeah. Um... Are you asking like, what was, what is that experience like? Or yeah, just getting up and being dedicated to your sport and making the sacrifices necessary to perform at an elite level. Uh, I will say in terms of jumping in that cold water, um, that never, that never, ever gets easier. (laughs) That, that just always sucks. It is always a a jolt to the system when you get out of your nice warm bed Uh and it's like five 30 in the morning and then you got to like strip down, particularly in the winter time. Oh yeah, that could be really rough. But one of the reasons of why you do that and where that drive comes from, or comes from me is yeah. Training with a team and being a part of a group of people who have a dedicated vision of, of here's what we need to do to achieve the results that we want. And so like at Alabama, we had on our locker room, the first thing you see when you come in was we would put up our goals the goals for the year so that every single time you went in that locker room to prepare for practice and every single time you left practice, you saw, here's what we are trying to do collectively. And when you're with a group of men and who are on mission, who are serious about something, just like the Christian life, uh, it's amazing what you can put up with and what you'll do. So absolutely. And also when you're, when you're part of a team at Alabama, I'm sure you, you have teammates from all over the country coming to swim. What was that like for you just to be exposed to, people from all over the country. And as you said, trying to reach a common goal, win a championship or just do the best that you can do as a swimming team. Well, I'm, I'm so blessed for the, the international exposure, um, both for the experience that it gives you, right? Like having guys coming from such diverse backgrounds who can bring a lot to the table, uh, different training habits, mentality, and a mindset the the cultures that they came from so some of my best friends one of my best friends is pasha romanov and he was from um, russia and and talking about the things that he had to do and um the different places he's lived in his life and being sent away from his parents that he would go to these crazy training camps and learning how they operated and 
anything fr from the micro level of, of certain little techniques I could have learned from them or, uh, yeah, bigger up cultural changes, what they brought to team dynamic and team life was such a gift. And then also on, on, a, on a personal level, aside from swimming, why I'm so blessed to have those friends is like one of my great friends was uh, Anton McKee, incredible Olympic swimmer. But I got to go and, you know, because we are good friends, we, me and another buddy went over to Iceland and like I got to go to the Blue Lagoon and, and walk around and get driven around Iceland for like a week after one of our big swimming competitions. And it's just such a blessing in life. I don't know if I'd ever do that again or would have gone there otherwise if it wasn't for that personal connection. So very grateful. Yeah, that's neat stuff. All right, let's take a break on the other side. We'll find out why Lucas is more than talent, the faith side of this elite swimmer at the University of Alabama. Lucas Kalazak is our guest when Blessed to Play returns after this. grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Lucas Kalazak. He was a swimmer for the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide in the SEC, and he did uh, very well there. He was a first-team All-American in the 100 backstroke. Uh, he'd been, he was at the NC2A Championships where he did well and uh, swam in some international events and uh, really honed his skills as a swimmer while at Alabama. And uh, now he's in medical school at a rival Alabama school named Auburn. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Lucas, I know the faith is of the utmost importance to you and you take that wherever you go. And But let's back up. When was the faith or the seed of faith planted in you? Um, well, first roll time. And then in terms of faith, I was beyond blessed. One of the greatest gifts God's given me was coming from a Catholic family. And so I was baptized as a baby. Uh, my last name is Kalazak, which is Polish, and the Poles are notorious Catholics. And so while I was given that great gift as a child, it was, I had the experience of maybe a, a lot of people these days where it wasn't something personal. It wasn't something too important to me. I fell away from the faith quickly. And when I was swimming in college, I actually was uh, an atheist. I didn't believe, I thought all religion was total crap. Hmm. And uh, the great joy of my life and, and why swimming holds a, a special place is it's particularly through this avenue that God um, brought me back into relationship with him. Well, talk about how that happened. And, you know, you said you went from being an atheist to now uh, understanding the Christian faith. I know you have a deep love of evangelizations and also the intellectual side of the faith, tapping into apologetics and why you believe what you believe. So take us along the journey there, how you got to that point of becoming a believer again. Absolutely. Um, I was so blessed that uh, what ended up happening with me was I, I go to college and, and I had 
the experience of, of leaving my faith I didn't have. I wasn't intellectually formed enough to answer the hard questions that other people were asking me. And I couldn't answer the questions that I was asking myself. of Like, why do I believe this? Why am I doing this? Why am I going to this church when I don't really care? And one of the things that happened was uh, it, when you reject God, something has to take its place. Mm-hmm. And for me, swimming, which was one of the most important things in my life, took its place. And it really became my God and my idol and the source of my identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had the experience that anyone who has a, a genuine true idol is that when it doesn't provide anymore and when it leaves you hanging and I spiraled down in despair and I became deeply depressed with life. And I, I really um, was in a dark place when a great Christian man came into my life. His name is Gary Kramer and he runs something. Uh, he's a minister with an organization called FCA fellowship of Christian athletes. Mm-hmm. And it was through his friendship and his mentorship and him just pursuing me every single week, just trying to hear about how I'm doing and what's going on here about my grades and school and girl situation and everything that he would just start asking me questions, questions about what I believed and why I believed it. And what did I want to do? And what was the point of life? And what did I think about God? And I would tell him like, you know what? I, I, I think it's all crap. I don't believe in any of it. And he brought it right back to my face and he challenged me. He said, Luke, are you man enough to look at the evidence to see if you're right about that? And I don't know about you, sir, but as a young man, I'm all worked up. It's like, there's no way I'm backing down from a challenge. And I said, sure thing. Okay, whatever. This should be pretty easy. And step by step by step, this man, this great man took me to the house. And he showed me all the reasons why it's credible to believe in God. And we'd have these, we'd watch lectures and debates, and he's giving me books to read. And then we went from belief in God to looking at world religions. Mm -hmm. And then from world religions to looking at the person of Jesus Christ. And through studying particularly the case of the resurrection, I did everything that I knew how (laughs) to try to disprove the fact that this happened. And to my great shock and awe, I couldn't. I could not come up with a coherent answer of why uh, any other alternative answer to the fact that he really did rise from the dead. He is who he says he is. He really is God. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what to do with that. It was so massive to now shift from there is no God. I can do whatever I want to everything has purpose and meaning. There's a God out there who created all things. (laughs) Like I I didn't know how to interact with the weight of truth, Mm -hmm. except for, I knew that Christians go to church and that also quite confused me. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know now where to go to church. There's like nine churches in one square mile here. Um, and so I did what with Christian churches, what I had done with world religions and just tried to look for evidence that would point me to who has the truth. So I would look at church history, um, the Bible, where the Bible came from, early church fathers, and like many who have gone before me, every single thing pointed me back to the Catholic faith. Uh, And so I came back joyously to reconciliation and to mass my senior year of college. Wow. That's a beautiful story. So you had all these existential questions and you you needed to know why you believe what you believe. And uh, it sounds like uh, Gary Kramer led you into this exploration and you explored and you came up with the truth uh, according to your research and to your, I'm sure your prayer life as well. But now you're, you're, you're Catholic, you're embracing the Catholic faith. What does that mean to you and how are you fortified by being a Catholic, a young man, uh, albeit? Oh man, what does it mean to me? I I hate to use the word everything, but it's just so true of, um, I, I identify the most with converts, though technically I'm not one. Um, I'm actually in the most blessed place where the faith to me and my Catholic faith is something familiar, right? I grew up with it. 
My mom had taught me the prayers. Like I knew the Hail Mary, I knew the Our Father. I'd been to churches. And so it, it was coming back was familiar enough to me that it felt like home. But I identify more with converts because everything is, is, is ever new in the depth of it and the breadth of it. Um, that is very joyful. <laughs> I'm very joyful and excited. And that's why evangelization is so near and dear to me to try to share this great joy uh, and truth with everyone. And particularly in this day and age when so many are lost, so many young people are lost with meaning. So many do not believe in God. We have rampant mental health issues with depression, anxiety, suicidal deviations. There's so much confusion about fundamental aspects of reality. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? How do we interact with our sexuality? What is um, different domains of the moral life? Mm -hmm. And why (laughs) the great joy that rests in my heart, knowing that the church has answers and the church is that stability and the church is that firm foundation um, that lets me be free. And it reminds me of what G.K. Chesterton talked about um, when he talked about that the church if you were to take children and put them up the top of, of a skyscraper and told them to play ball, um, what they would do is they would like huddle in the middle in fear and confusion, and they don't want to go out and play because there are no boundaries. And he said the church is is like the walls around them that gives them the, the freedom and the ability to play mm-hmm. and live. And that would be – I love that picture, and I love that analogy because that's what I experience living out this Catholic life. Of it. it gives me the boundaries. It gives me the order. It gives me – um, the life and the sacraments and the deep prayer and the saints and guidance and everything that I ever wanted and looked for, um, I, I have found in in my Catholic faith and in the, the Roman Catholic Church. And it sounds like you found grace as well to uh, encourage you along this road of life that God provides us to get us through, despite the sufferings and trials that we go through. And uh, you mentioned so eloquently the the different uh, barriers that young people are facing with philosophical thought being thrown at them. Um, we like to blame the media for everything, but it, there is there's so much media consumption, and uh, that becomes the truth of many, unfortunately, when it's leading them down the wrong road. Let's talk about what you're doing now, because what's interesting, not only that you're at a rival Alabama school at Auburn, but you're, you were a pre-med student, now you're you're become you're in med school and you're going to become a doctor. Uh, God willing, I think you would agree too, right? But uh, but you're you're in a special profession because you're in a healing profession. You're in a profession where you see people at their most vulnerable, um, where uh, they could have shocking news and uh, life is uh, thrown off course, uh, off kilter. And you're a believer going into this profession, and I'm sure. You know, as uh, the great divine physician is going to be your guide as you go through medical school. But talk a little bit about that, why you decided to want to become a physician. The. Oh, man, the the two things that I would say with wanting to be a physician um, would be I was very blessed when I was born. Um, right before I was born, I, had, I can't remember if I had mentioned earlier, I had two older brothers. In the process of my parents having those, my, my dad at the time was in uh, business. He was working for my uncle as a photographer, struggling to get by. And as they would go to the hospital um, for the meetings and the checkup and the delivery and postpartum, the nurse would would see my dad and see how he operated and just kept telling him, my dad's name is John. She said, John, you, you really make a good physician. I think you should think about that. I think you should go back to school. And it's one of those funny things in life that it stuck with my dad. And so he does it. He acts on it. He starts going back to school during the day. And then all night he would work in the hospital as an orderly, taking out trash, cleaning up after patients, moving files, whatever they needed. 
and he ends up getting into medical school. Um, my parents are struggling to get by and he's taking all these classes. And then my mom finds out that they're pregnant with me as he's about to take some of his, um, board test. And one of the reasons why my name is Lucas is they named me after St. Luke, the, the beloved physician. <laughs> and so my very name is a call to my father's profession. And then as a, when a boy is born, they think, I think naturally that everything, whatever work that their dad is doing mm-hmm. is the coolest thing to do. <laughs> it, it, it's the greatest work, whatever the, the, my dad was doing. I was like, sure. oh my gosh. And in a particular way, because my dad would come home, he ended up being a, an emergency, emergency room physician for close to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he would come home with these epic stories of lives on the line and people he was able to save and the tragedy of when he wasn't. And growing up, I would always say, I want to, I want to be like my dad. I want to do the work that my dad does. I want to help people. I want to save their lives like that. And there was a lot of toil. There was up and down in the past few years. And I was finding my faith and trying to figure out God's will for my life. And should I go into the priesthood? Should I be a married man? And the second big thing that ended up happening um, was I was in this conversation with a religious sister. Uh, If you're familiar with the sister service, the eternal word in, in Irondale, Alabama, incredible order. And one of the sisters there, her name was sister Faustina. And I was talking to her one day and I was in all this confusion. I'm like, how do, what should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? And she gave me this really great piece of advice. She said, look, a, a quick and dirty rule of discernment that has served me very well is to remember the point of this life is to pour out all of ourselves for love of God and for love of neighbor. And she said, with that understanding in mind, when we are deciding between two goods, a general rule of thumb is that God will call you to that work that uses up more of you, that pours more of you out. So if you think that being going to medical school and trying to pursue a career as a physician will use up more of your gifts, talents, time, treasure, et cetera, the totality of who you are and the giftings God's given you, then you probably should think about that. Mm. That's great advice. And normally with me, yeah, I just, oh. Gosh, every time a religious speaks to me, I'm like, write that down, write that down, write that down. <laughs> um, but this one in particular was quite quite powerful over me. Well, Lucas uh, Kalzak has been our guest. What a journey. Uh, a great athlete, obviously, and uh, obviously studied well and uh, is pursuing his passion in medical school there at the University of Alabama. And we, uh, we just hope that uh, Lucas becomes a physician. He's able to help so many people in a variety of ways. Uh, not physically, but also spiritually as well. Lucas, thanks so much for the time. I do appreciate it and sharing a little bit about you right here on Blessed to Play. Thank you, sir. God bless. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on the platform X at Blessed to Play for Lucas Kalazak. I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.